not physically naked, but spiritually naked is the topic for this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hello everyone, you're watching Inverse. My name is Justin Kim and in the studio we have my friends Sebastian Kelly and Siku and we are talking about the topic of biblical sexuality. It is a sensitive subject matter so if you have minors in the area we're going to give you a little bit of a heads up and you may want to clear out the room in the car or switch to something else and come back to us later uh, but viewer discretion is advised. On our episode we're looking at the concept of spiritual nakedness. So. Mm. This is our episode's title, Being Naked, and we are in a arc, 13-week arc, on looking at the topic of biblical sexuality. So if you're here for some other nefarious purpose, you can switch to another channel. But here we're <laughs> going to look at the Bible. Amen, friends? Amen. The Bible Amen. is what we're going to read. Amen. And so, um, Sebastian, can you pray for us? Yes, we need it. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we are so privileged to be able to study your word. And Lord, this topic is perhaps uncomfortable in ways that it needs to be and in ways maybe that it doesn't. But Lord, we just pray that the Spirit of God that Jesus promised would guide us into all truth as we converse today is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, we're going to go to Scripture, and but we've, uh, before we actually get there, secret, I'm going to ask uh, Callie if you can kind of, we actually had a great episode uh, last, last episode, and if you can kind of give us a recap, mm -hmm. because a lot of that will impact what we're talking about today. And if you've been watching, this is your first episode here, and you're like, whoa, what are these guys talking about? The backgrounds, you know, it's got this, you know, pink stuff going on, like this kind of, it is, this is a very risque subject, but we believe it's very important because Scripture talks about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are some, some highlights? that you remember from our last episode. Yeah, so the first episode we talked about how we're all influenced by scripts. Mm -hmm. So this idea that there are explicitly stated, but also not so explicitly stated, rules of how we talk about certain things, how we hold ourselves, and even about sexuality. So there are scripts that we're told by, by social media or by movies or by people we're related to or by our friends, but also there are scripts that are found in scripture. And ultimately we came to the conclusion that we shouldn't rely on ourselves or even even things that we see in the world as our standards of what we should think is the proper script, mm -hmm. but instead we should evaluate all of them by the Word mm -hmm. of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, sexuality is one of those topics that once you see in Scripture that you see it really everywhere, right. and that sexuality is a very, it's a sacred topic to talk about. And so mm -hmm. this is the premise that we're coming from. We don't want to take this topic lightly or frivolously, and we want, there are, there are some real-time applications and lessons that we can, we can come away with. Um, so I know our verse is Psalms 139, but I'd like to switch gears and go to another verse where, where we find our episode title coming from. Let's go to Genesis chapter um, 3. Genesis chapter 3. And I think that would probably be better that, that mm -hmm. set up our, our conversation here. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. And see if you can read for, this, for us. And then we'll go to Psalms 139 also. Okay. But. Um. Verse 6 says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew 
that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Okay, so let's talk about this first uh, a little bit. Spend some time here. Um, I don't know about you guys, when, but, but the first time I read this first one, I was a little kid. I was just like, <laughs> you know, the giggles come out, and we're like, and just trying to like, how how does what what like it's just like here's a huge disconnect, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, tell me more about this verse, guys. Share share with this verse with. Yeah, well, I think Ellie. something that's interesting very at the very beginning. Um, in, in verse 7, it doesn't say that their eyes were open and they became naked. Mm -hmm. It's that their eyes were open and they realized they were naked. Mm -hmm. So there was something, it wasn't something that physically happened of their nakedness. It was this something that was fine became not fine. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of nakedness too is just like, it's it's okay to be open even, and just using the word nakedness loosely to talk about like, you know, sharing vulnerability and things like that. Mm -hmm. Of It's okay to be that way unless you want to hide something for whatever reason, a good reason, bad reason, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so for them, it's like they were open and it was fine, but they they realized that to them it was no longer fine mm -hmm. um, because of what happened in this experience. And just to just to buttress um, Callie's point in chapter two, verse twenty-five, I mean it's stated explicitly. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, Genesis 2.25 it says, yes. and they were both naked, yes. the man and his wife, yes. but then it says, and were not ashamed. Yes. So it, was, it wasn't the physical reality of being naked because it already said that they were naked. Mm -hmm. yeah. But what happened in verse 7 of chapter 3 was not at a physical level per se, yes. but it was as a result of what what happened in the previous verses. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> they had this realization that, you know, they had an encounter that led them to a different metaphysical experience. Okay, so, so on a very literal level, uh, mm -hmm. we find in other passages that they were clothed with glory and what that looks like, I don't know, uh, but, <laughs> On, on a spiritual level, this is this is just this this transcends just a they're not wearing clothes, right? right. This right. is something more than that. I think that's the point we're trying to get to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was just going to add to that when the Bible says at the very beginning of the verse. It says, then the eyes of both of them were opened, right? Mm -hmm. So this is not suggesting that they were blind, mm -hmm. right? So there's a recognition that the, the author is trying to communicate to us that there was a re revelation that just took place as a result of this sin. Mm -hmm. And so this nakedness as a revelation wasn't so much that they realized that they were naked as much as it's contrasting that verse 25 that Siku was talking about. So this, the eyes being opened is like, well, they knew that they were naked, but then they went to sow fig leaves. So you see the contrast between being naked and not ashamed, being naked, knowing you're naked, and being like, well, we need to sow coverings. Mm -hmm. So there's obviously a, a feeling of, you know, as Callie used the word, exposure that has come from the result of sin in the human experience. It's completely changed our relationship with vulnerability. Mm -hmm. It's completely changed our relationship with being exposed. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me ask, because the, the, these concepts of, of shame is emerging from this conversation, mm -hmm. yeah. right? What, what is shame? And how does that differ from, I'm sure that the Bible doesn't talk about it, but you see evidence of it. There's guilt going on here. Mm -hmm. There's, he's hiding. We mm -hmm. have the, we have some, the concepts of, of uh, secrecy and, which is just, it's a very comical passage in a sense, like God right. who knows everything, who sees everything. Like, and then oh, he's awesome. hiding in a bush, you know, some <laughs> boxwood bush. And then he's like here and he's hiding. And, and God's like, where are you? And he answers. Like, I'm just like, this is not making sense on any rational right. level. Right. So this is not, this has, this has nothing to do with the 
physical world. There's no really hiding and whatnot. This isn't hide and go seek, but there is a there's a lot of spiritual firsts that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Spiritual problems. Yep. There's a yeah. diagnosis of yeah. of shame, of guilt, of secrecy, of of privacy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let, 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 tell me more about this, Kelly. And then so we'll talk smash. about shame and guilt. So shame and guilt are sometimes used interchangeably, but they're not the same thing. Mm. Guilt is focused more outward, like I did something bad, and this action or this experience hurt someone or things like that and it's kind of like this is something I did but it's not who I am okay and shame is like more identity focused so I did something now I am a terrible person and I feel very terrible inwardly okay Okay. yeah one is more ontological and one is more existential okay that's how I process good words yeah (laughs) and when you're when you're looking at this the very idea that they were covering themselves right this self-focus tells you building off of Callie's point that I'm sorry what I did, but I am a mistake, not that I made a mistake, right? So to me, if they were focused on, I made a mistake, I need to go talk to God because I made a mistake, right? But in my sense, it's like, well, I need to cover myself. Mm -hmm. So it is me who needs to be changed, adjusted, addressed, Mm -hmm. not so much the one who gave me the prohibition that I just violated. Mm -hmm. So now I shifted from, this was an act that was a bad decision to I myself have now fundamentally changed my own self-perception. And to me, that self-perception is what builds into the irrationality of what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. That this is where people find themselves in shame, hiding from safety, hiding from the safest person they could probably find. Mm -hmm. And that's what shame will eventually lead you to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and just a small thing that really helps me remember this is a really beautiful relationship between, I'll use myself as an example, between like a daughter and a father is not, I messed up, my dad's gonna kill me. It's, I messed up, I need to call my dad. Mm-hmm. And just that shift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which which, uh, which I know you're totally getting, getting into, but just to make that obvious, mm-hmm. in our relationship with God, yeah. is, 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 up, is, is God. to be totally, as you mentioned, vulnerable and raw with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say, God, I messed up. Or even in the midst of temptation, Lord, yep. I'm being tempted right now. Please help me. Like right I want to <laughs> do this, I want to be this, I'm I'm going to do this. Yep. But I know, but Lord, there's something on me that I just know there's something wrong with this. Like even being that raw with God, that's right, allows for 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 the for the blessing of the Lord to enter into that point. Mm-hmm. But 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 just like Genesis three, we we kind of hide in a little boxwood bush, thinking up, we can. Like, God doesn't know what's happening in my heart. Like it, <laughs> that, that r- ridiculous story is happening to us all the time. Yeah. I just want to say, like, the this is powerful because, especially in a lot of Christians' experience, conflating this idea of shame and guilt, mm-hmm. um, we can walk around feeling kind of holy because we have shame, you know, mm-hmm. and feeling like there's there's kind of like a superiority to my Christian experience because I have oh woe is me I'm such a horrible person and mm. but I understand. yeah but in reality. Shame keeps us away from the one who could actually help us yes. with the problem that we're experiencing. Yeah. And so my dad, my dad will always say to me, um, you are not a mistake. You made a mistake, mm-hmm. but you are not a mistake. And that distinction and, and realizing that, yes, I made a mistake, but this is, this is not necessarily my identity. And that's actually thanks to what God has done for us. Mm-hmm. He has made it possible that even though we made a mistake, he has offered us redemption, right, in Jesus Christ. And so we don't have to identify as the mistake. Right. So it's possible for him to love the sinner and hate the sin. And he wants us to have that experience in and of ourselves so that we can come to him who can then remove the sin from mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. It was just going to connect exactly what Siku's describing as what we looked at in 
in episode one on the scripts, right? And you see how when the script is based on shame and that's the director, right, of your experience, you're going to see a complete shift in your whole relationship with God, which is directly what's gonna feed into perversion sexually. That's gonna feed into problems with intimacy because there is no such thing as intimacy without vulnerability. Mm -hmm. there, and you have to overcome shame in order to really deepen your intimacy with any person in your life. Mm -hmm. But as long as I have shame and I'm a mistake, I can never accept your compliments. Mm -hmm. I can never accept your love. I can never accept your service because no matter what you do, it's never changing who I believe I am. And I, I think that is the, the, the real critical script shift that's happening, you know, with sin coming into their experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it seems like the two, the, ver the, is the vertical, vertical yeah. and the horizontal <laughs> really, really correspond and correlate with each other. Mm -hmm. That vulnerability and mm -hmm. that, that, that clearness we have with God interacts, uh, impacts my, my relationship with my wife. Mm -hmm. And that vulnerability allows me to be vulnerable with, mm -hmm. and, and that sets the, the parameter for sexuality. Mm -hmm. Correct. Right? Absolutely. We're going to come back out of the break. We're going to look at Psalms 139 and to look at how God, who sees everything and knows everything, and how we can be vulnerable with this kind of God, and that impacts our, our sexual behavior. I'm Justin Kim. You're watching Inverse. We'll see you after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. We're looking at the topic of shame and vulnerability. In some sense, in some sense, it's, it's these are pop words, but what, what we're finding is these concepts have been around since the Garden of yep. Eden. Yes. And we need it in our day and age, especially with media, as you are watching on social media or on, on TV or, or whatnot. Uh, we live in a, such a plastic world. We need real quality relationships. That sounds as cliche as that sounds. But it's still true. We really do. Mm -hmm. And these quality relationships is not perfect with perfect, but mm -hmm. imperfect, imperfect, yet uh, seeing each other. In, and, I, and I love what your dad says. Your, your dad is a, is a wise man. He, he quotes some good stuff there. Uh, uh, about that. You are not a mistake. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's a good takeaway. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Psalms 139, if that's all right with you all. Mm -hmm. Psalms 139. We're going to go to verses 1 through 6. And CQ, if you could yeah. grace us with the reading of that. Sure. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain to it. Mm -hmm. And if you really continue with the rest of the chapter, it continues with that, and we can we can look at it. Right. Uh, but really, it's that God is is everywhere. Uh, a theme of, of, of a phrase that's repeated in in that in that chapter is even there, right? Even yep. there, even there, even there. He's everywhere, here, there, everywhere, everywhere. Yep. So, uh, so Sebastian, tell us about. It. Well, the first the first thing that you notice is the 
when God is doing something in these verses, on the other side is what is mine, mm. right? So it's like, you have searched me, so that's the person. And then verse two, you know my sitting down and my rising up. Mm. So there becomes this issue immediately from this text, right? If you're a person like me, who likes to be very private, right? This idea of privacy <laughs> and secrecy, you know, secrecy is a little bit, I think sometimes even we can confuse the ideas mm -hmm. because to think that God is like, yeah, I know this, I know this, that's yours. Mm -hmm. And the idea of privacy is this is mine. And my sister growing up, um, she was the only girl. And for her, it was like privacy was like the world for her mm -hmm. as all her brothers, right? We're like trying to bust in her room and <laughs> see what she's doing and where she's playing. And she's like, get out of my room, right? Is so, that okay? You can share this stuff with her, all this <laughs> private secret stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right, just we're, we're good now, okay. we're good now. Now, okay. Now, <laughs> yes. Back then, 10 years ago, I would not have been able to share okay, this. Okay. I would have a car waiting for me outside the studio. <laughs> so you you look at the the idea that we were trying to intrude with that which was hers mm. and crossing into that space. Mm. And so I think we we when we look at the idea of vulnerability, that's really the question that immediately emerges, right? Is if I'm going to be vulnerable, if I'm going to be naked in a sense and not ashamed, how does that interact so much with my privacy in terms and also at what point am I veering off into a dangerous place of secrecy, right? Concealing, which is what Adam and Eve were doing, right? I'm gonna cover up my nakedness as if that's really gonna solve the problem, which we know in the text it didn't, mm -hmm. and they knew that. Um, Siku, can you help us parse out the difference between, you mentioned privacy and secrecy, mm -hmm. uh, Sebastian, parse out those two. They, they are similar, but they're also different. I mean, it goes with what Sebastian was talking about. I think like privacy with what is mine, like so this is within my my realm and it it's none of your business, you know, <laughs> like really. Um, whereas secrecy has to do with this is your business, but I'm withholding it from you, mm. right? So mm. um, there, it, it may concern my life, but I know that you would be interested and have an interest, have a vested interest in knowing this, mm -hmm. right? And then me withholding that makes it a secret now. So Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, what have you done? Mm -hmm. They disobeyed God, right? <laughs> so that is his business, you know? Mm -hmm. And they're trying to withhold from him something that is part of his business. Yes, it was their actions, but it concerns mm -hmm. him. Whereas with privacy, like what he's saying, you're rising up, you're mm -hmm. my down sitting, my uprising. Mm -hmm. um, God still respects, you know, our individuality. There are things that, that go with who you are and that are rightfully yours and that should be awesome. private. Awesome, just parenthetical, while you were speaking, I was just thinking like when God was saying, you know, where are you? You know, as, as the God who knows all things and has access to all things, he could have just bypassed, like, I know everything, I know, and, and, and you are bad. And, yeah. and the, yeah. you know, judge, <laughs> right. uh, what is it, judge, executioner, and, and jury, <laughs> jury all together. Yep. But he's like, where are you? you know? But he <laughs> yeah, starts so the conversation nice. <laughs> in a very grace-oriented yeah. way, mm -hmm. and he already knows where Adam and Eve, I mean, they're cowering. I don't know why it's a boxwood bush in my mind, but it's, it's a boxwood bush. <laughs> you love boxwood. these things. I don't know. He, they're cowering, and so he doesn't, he's almost, he, he's, he's, he's um, approaching this abused, you know those YouTube videos with the abused yeah. dog? You don't just yeah. grab the dog by, he's yeah. right. approaching yeah. with some gen gentleness Gentle. there. Yeah. Um, okay, so let, let's, let's look at Psalms 139. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, you, your, your comment just just really sparked this picture in my mind of 
the vulnerability that God is bringing in that moment, mm. right? Here he is divine, like I could just lay it all out because I am God, and yet my willingness to respond to your secrecy with my own vulnerability, mm. right? When clearly Adam and Eve are not safe, right? These are not people that you're like, oh, let me expose myself. Mm -hmm. But God is like, where are you, right? He's risking rejection, mm -hmm. which is what Adam says. Oh, I was afraid and I hid myself because I heard you. Mm -hmm. Wait, so you're hiding from me? Like, what did I do, <laughs> right? And so just recognizing that the, the interaction of Adam and Eve's lack of vulnerability with God's vulnerability mm. in that experience gives us a recipe of we as Christians, when we find our security in Christ, mm -hmm. what we are able to do for those who are grappling with shame mm -hmm. at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Psalms 139 and let's parse out some more stuff there. What can we mine out there, Callie, as we look at the principles of vulnerability, of nakedness? What does 139 reveal to us? Yeah, and verses 1 through 6, there's different sections sections here, but that first section is really talking about the thoroughness of God's knowledge. Mm -hmm. He's not just like doing like a flyby, like, oh, I see you're somewhere over there. Okay, moving on. But it's just like, I know, I know, like even just sitting down and rising up, like those are very, I would say, mundane right. things about your right. life. Like I just, I got up to get a glass of water. Like it's not a big deal. I'm just mm. I'm moving. But like God, <laughs> even, even there, even, even there, <laughs> that's right. God knows. And I remember studying this passage a while ago and I really didn't understand verse six. I'm like, okay, just random exclamation. That's that's fine. I'm glad mm -hmm. that it's too high for you. Um, but seeing it in in this realm of of how much God knows us, and it's not just He knows and He does nothing else. It's not just like I'm just like this database that just gathers data and then it's like I just know that's all you need to know. <laughs> but like, <laughs> God loves us so much. Mm -hmm even though he knows all those things. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that he's he's investigating, he's like, are you worthy of my love? Okay, you're not, no, he didn't. Are you worthy? Mm. No. He's like, he's getting all of this information. He knows all of this. And then he still places his hand on top of us and behind and before us and holds us. Mm -hmm. And that is knowledge too wonderful for me. Mm -hmm. That is high, I cannot attain to mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And so just understanding mm -hmm. the thoroughness as well as the depth of his love, it's again, even that's a vulnerable place mm -hmm. because God has invested in us an ability to reject him because that's what love requires. Mm -hmm. And so God pours out all of his reconnaissance, right? If you want to use all, like mm. he's, he's focusing Green all terms. of this. <laughs> he loves us so deeply. And then he's just, and then he says things like, where are you? Mm -hmm. And can I, can I come be with you? Will you please, as my, my husband recently preached, would you please let me love you? Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah, at passage after this, you kind of almost have to kind of like, just kind of stop. Yeah. And just pause. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I have that, you know, awkward air silence on TV. <laughs> yeah. But in your own time, just, I mean, it is, I mean, you have to like, it is such knowledge, so I can't. Yeah, it's like, I can't, I can't even handle it. And then what, yeah. what's going to my mind is, this is the parameters by which God has his relationship. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, yeah. he knows everything infinitely about you, and then some more. Yeah. Right? right. And then that is also the parameter of which a biblical sexual relationship mm -hmm. should exist in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? That's right. Rather than what we looked at last week, like, oh, I'm hungry, I eat. I am, <laughs> then I, <laughs> you know, it's it, that's just a lot more superficial <laughs> mm -hmm. and yeah. a lot more mundane and, 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 and not this. Exactly. But you know, those mundane things become significant because 
I remember passing on things about my wife, right? If we part ways and someone's like, oh, I want to do this for Candace. And all of a sudden, what do I find myself remembering mundane things? Oh, she doesn't really like it like this. She prefers tea with, you know, milk and she likes it to steep for at least a few minutes. And you're like, this is her favorite mug, right? So all of a sudden you start rattling off all these things that you understand and know about this person mm -hmm. that you didn't realize you were taking in mm -hmm. because of that, that love motivated that interest. Mm -hmm. And it's weird to say that when it's exposed to someone else, all of a sudden I start realizing all the little things that will remind me of my wife, right? In any situation, like I walk into a hotel, no matter where I am, or <laughs> I automatically take off my shoes because I can hear my wife's voice in my head, take off your shoes, like <laughs> it's dirty where you've been walking. Like when I go to my hotel, I don't get under my, you know, on my bed with my outside clothes on. Like these are things that you start realizing that God is saying, I understand those things about you. Mm -hmm. And he will unpack all of that. And that brings intensity to intimacy mm -hmm. to know that you are understood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to, um, just looking at the chapter as a whole, yes. you know, like you have verse one, it starts with, you have searched me and known me and you go to the end, verse 23, it says, search me, O God, verse 23 in the same chapter, search me, O God, and know my heart. Like when you think about it and if you study the chapter, it's kind of like a chiasm, kind of like a, you've got two endpoints that are like the same and then you kind of go through and they're similar ideas throughout the chapter and mm. kind of the pinnacle of it is in verse 13. Okay, 13 and, is yeah, the 13 pinnacle and 14. of the of the of, of the of the chiasm. <laughs> like, from guys, this is the uh, okay, <laughs> like the height of it. After you know, God has searched you; He knows all these things about you, and this is what the experience comes to. He says, "You formed my inward parts, covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you." for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. He's been talking about God's knowledge of him and says, what this reveals to me, what I know from this mm. is that God, you're so amazing, That's you know, powerful. and yeah. and this the intimacy, I guess, of of God's knowledge of us and God coming to us in that close way. What it actually results in is is, I guess, praise and honor to and, and even a, a an appreciation of who we are as he formed us and what he intended for us to be. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And only in this context, only in the context of understanding who we are in the light of how God knows us, mm -hmm. can we have the freedom then to interact with somebody else at a vulnerable level mm -hmm. in the way that God interacts with us vulnerably. Right. Because now I realize God is the one who formed me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Not I make mistakes and etc. But look at who God is, how He knows me, and how He treats me, and that gives me confidence in my interaction now with other people. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. This 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 vulnerability it seems to be uh, and the main ingredient for love. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to look at it in, a, in in a couple other lessons, uh, other episodes in the future. But there are different kinds of loves out there. There's yeah. parental love. There's friendship love. There's buddy buddy love. There's uh, <laughs> I like your definition. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, there's, there's all these loves, but then there's also <laughs> sexual love, right? Mm -hmm. Intimate, intimate, physical love, um, and it's as if that that vulnerability is needed in all those levels, 100%. in different different shapes. Obviously, you know, like Sebastian and I, I don't want to have the same vulnerability with him as I do with my wife, right? Mm -hmm. But all those, if you kind of take all those together, kind of like a rope that has all these different mm. different fibers, kind of really reveals the love of God in a sense. There are all right. these little yeah. vignettes. The love of God can't be reproduced into human beings, so He needs to have these different relationships. Right. And of the which, of, of which I think the the sexual uh, relationship and intimacy is one of the the deepest, one of the most 
profound, one, one that we yeah. really don't understand uh, mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Um, we've been looking at this concept of vulnerability, and we really need this in our society today. We want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org, and you can download the Bible study on bi- principles of biblical sexuality, sexual design, and study the Bible with us. And as you have witnessed, we've looked at Psalms 139 and Genesis 3. To, we, we, it's not just theory, but we need this in our practical lives today. We're so glad that you decided to join us. We'll see you next week here in Inverse as we continue our topic on sexual intimacy. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.